possible try to chant along with me the prayers so that will be really very nice Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Peshtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Dinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Prajarine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyat Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vatadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gaurakvishenamaha Namo Brahmanya Devaya Jagadhitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagadpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namo Saptakanjana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindhavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyasya Kripa Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Krishna everyone, both here on uh, Google Meets as well as uh, my dear listeners on Open Talk. You can uh, keep listening to this wonderful session that we are going to have today and please make notes. And the end, we will also open up a Q&A, so you can ask me questions at the end, maybe 15-20 minutes in the end, so that will be really very nice, and uh, we can take a lot of questions at the end, so that will be really very good. So Hare Krishna Jaitanya, uh, welcome to the session. So let's begin. Uh, Hare Krishna. 
Let's begin with the very first shloka today. So just to have a quick recap in the previous sessions, in the previous verses, from the second chapter, 11th verse, how Krishna started speaking and he said, Natve vaham jatunasham natvam neme janadipaha nachayvana bhavishyamaha sarve vayam ataparam He said that all this different kings, you and I, my dear Arjuna, we existed in the past, we are existing now and we will continue to exist in the future. And then Krishna also said very beautifully, Dehinosmin yata dehe kaumadam yavanam jara tata dehantaras praptis jiras tatranamujyati He said that how this whole body is continuously thinking within our own experience in this lifetime that how this body is changing from a baby body to a boy body or a girl body and a youth body then it become an old body and then finally it dies. So very nicely here in this particular shloka Krishna is explaining that and hinting towards that there is something beyond this body. Although there are so many transformations that are happening within the body but there is something that is not transforming. So why lament? So he's saying that you know any changes, any disturbances like that. So Krishna is saying just tolerate these different changes. The happiness and distress in this life are just like the summer and the winter seasons. So just like the summer and the winter change, winter seasons keep changing, happiness and distress will come and go, will come and go. So just don't get disturbed by all these different things to Arjuna. But today he is going to further continue to explain the concept of the soul and this is a very very essential aspect of our life. In fact, spirituality begins by knowing the self. We cannot understand any spirituality or there is no meaning to spirituality without knowing who you are. So that is why Krishna is very beautifully going to explain our true identity today and what a revelation it is. It's going to be an amazing discussion. So please stay tuned and let's continue with our very first sloka today that is the 17th sloka of the second chapter and uh, let's call uh, um, Achyutanji since you joined the first today. Achyutanji, please repeat the sloka. Avinashi to Tarpiddhi Ena Sarvam Minam Satam Vinasham Avyasyatya Nakashitkar Tumarhadi Let's do this once again. Avinashi to Tadvidhi Ena Sarvam Midam Tatam Vinasham Avyasyatya Nakashitkar Tumarhadi Wonderful. Please repeat the translation. 
know that which pervades the entire body is indestructible. No one is able to destroy the imperishable soul. Wonderful, very nice. So, thank you so much. Avinashi to tat vidhi tena sarvam idam tatam vinasham abhiyasyatya nakashit kartum alhati. So, Avinashi, Nasha, Nasha means destruction. Avinashi means which is indestructible. So Krishna is saying there is something within you which is avinashi, indestructible and it is also avyasyasya. Avyasyasya means imperishable. So there is something within you that is also imperishable. So wonderful Krishna is saying and he is saying that nakashit kartum alhati. That cannot be vinasham. You cannot destroy this something that is there. So what is that within you? So Krishna is hinting, Avinashi, that is within you, Ena Sarvam Itam Tatam And that Avinashi is spread across your body completely. It is pervading through your body. Let's understand this very nicely. So, just like a magnet has a magnetic field. We all have an experience of uh, holding a magnet and magnet has a magnetic field around it. You can see the magnet but you cannot see the magnetic field. And magnetic field is dependent on the magnet. There cannot be magnetic field without the magnet. So similarly, in my body, in your body, there is this spark, a spiritual spark called the soul, the Atman. And this Atman has a magnetic field of its own and this magnetic field is called the consciousness the chetana consciousness so the consciousness within all of us is the symptom of the soul just like when you have yellow eyes it's a symptom that you have jaundice so similarly when you have consciousness within you, it is a symptom that there is a soul within you. Because consciousness cannot exist without the soul. This is a very interesting fact, very beautiful thing. In fact, now the modern science is going deeper and deeper and deeper to understand what is consciousness. We are realizing that there is something beyond this body and now they are talking about consciousness and whole new department of consciousness studies has begun in many great universities today. The Ivy League, some of them actually have the consciousness studies. Although they do not completely understand because they don't read Bhagavad Gita like all of you. So let's understand now this very beautiful thing. Just like there is a bulb, you know, you have a bulb at home. So there is a bulb and the light emanating from the bulb is spread across the room. So similarly, there is this soul within you and it is radiating consciousness across your body. And because it is spread across your body, this consciousness, you are able to experience pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure 
is experienced by us because there is consciousness, because there is chetana. Now, suppose I am speaking to you, but if a mosquito comes and bites me at a leg, then I will experience some pain. Although I have not seen the mosquito, but the pain I am experiencing is because my consciousness has spread across my body. And all that we experience is because of this consciousness. Let me tell you this very beautifully. In fact, you know, we are so busy taking care of this body. You know, this body we nicely decorate, we take a bath every day, we put makeup, we put lipstick, and of course, not the men, <laughs> the women, and uh, the earrings, and the necklace, and the watch, and the gold rings, and the all these things we do why because we want to look beautiful we think that the beauty that we get is because of all the ornaments and the clothes that you're wearing that is what is our understanding you know the hair so much we spend just on the hair all the you know the shampoos this shampoo and that shampoo this conditioner and that conditioner you know, oh so nice silky and soft hair you have and you are looking so beautiful and as long as this hair is there on the body, you take care of this hair so much, is it not? But when the same beautiful silky soft hair, when you find it in a bowl of dal while eating food, you say, yes, oh my god, this is so dirty. So what happens? The same hair which was so beautiful on the body, when you found it in the bowl of dal or rice while eating food, you look, oh my god, this is disgusting, you don't want to see that. So you should know the beauty is not in the hair. The beauty is not in the hair, but it's in the soul. The beauty that we derive is because of the soul. As long as the hair is connected to this body, this living body, which has a soul, the hair looks very beautiful. But the same hair, when it is disconnected from this body and you find it in the bowl of dal, ah, yeah, it is disgusting. You don't like it. There's no more beautiful. So, we should not think that our beauty is because of this body. The beauty is because of the soul within. So, that is how we all experience pain and pleasure. So now, what happens at the point of death? So when we die, there is no consciousness. There is no experience of pain and pleasure because the soul has left. That is why when somebody dies at our home or, you know, we have seen, this is an inevitable fact. When we go to a person and we see that some of our, we have seen people, the family member has departed, we say, oh, my father passed away, my father passed away. Why do you say my father passed away? All throughout your life, you considered this body to be your father. But now, because your father is dead, you say my father passed away. So what is that has passed away? Because as per you, you have only seen the body, you have never seen the soul within you. Soul within the father's body. So now at the point of death, we all say the father has passed. And this experience of pain and pleasure is not in the dead body. You take a small pin and prick me, oh, I feel the pain. But 
you take a big knife and cut the hand of a dead body it will not revolt will it get up and say hey, don't cut my hand it will not say because there is no consciousness it will not experience any pain and pleasure so the real value within us is the soul and the consciousness this body actually has no value you must have seen this this is a very hard reality of life sometimes when you know somebody passes away in the family you will see that people will not mind keeping some straws and dust in the home for 2 days or 3 days thoda sa agar kachra hai ghar mein to kachra agar do din din thoda sa dhul hai to no problem rehne do koi baat nahi but when there is a dead body at home everybody is thinking come on let's take up the body and immediately burn it so within few hours they want to immediately finish off the burning or cremate the body they don't want to keep the body you see when we die the value of this body is lesser than the dust at our home because our own people will not mind keeping the dust for two days three days at home but they want to immediately discard this body this is the value of this body and we are attached to this body so much this is a hard reality please understand so why are we so so attached to this body why are we so attached to this body which is useless anyway i'm not saying useless in the sense we definitely have to use this sadhana sharira because when you know you utilize this sharira for realizing yourself then it is really useful but if you are not using this body to realize what is your true identity then what is the point what is the point in living this life so let us understand in the sarvam idam tatam let us understand this consciousness a little bit more see this consciousness that you have is very unique to you your consciousness is your consciousness it's an individual consciousness you have a soul and your soul can experience pain and pleasure within your body similarly my consciousness is only limited to my body so anything that is bite suppose a mosquito is biting me you will not experience the pain because you are a different soul and you have your individuality your consciousness is different so my consciousness your consciousness everybody's consciousness is the individual consciousness but there is the supreme lord within us there is a lord within us who is called parmatma he is all pervading he is within me he is within you he is within an ant he is within a tree he is within an elephant he is within a crocodile he is within a fish he is in a mountain he is everywhere so this parmatma he has a consciousness he has a supreme consciousness to experience everything in this creation but our consciousness is only limited to my pain and my pleasure so this is our limitation this is how we need to understand so this is consciousness but let us understand to another level let us understand a little bit more about this consciousness see we perceive everything in this world we gain knowledge through our five senses the panchindriyas so when we get the inputs from this five senses we form certain perceptions about this world everything that you understand 
about this world is through the perception that you have formed over a period of time. Right now, as I am speaking to you, each one of you have a certain perception. And when I am speaking this, although I am speaking the same content, each one of you will analyze this content in different ways based on your perceptions that have been formed over a period of time. So this perception is a means to acquire knowledge. If you want to acquire knowledge, then this perception has to be there. Each one of us have different perceptions. This perception, let us understand, is very beautiful and a very scientific process. For example, when you see a bird flying in the air, when you see, let me take a rose, okay, let me take a rose. Bird, let us not. Let us take an example of a rose. You take a rose, when you see the rose in your garden, what is happening? The rose is red in color because it is radiating, it is reflecting the red color from the white light, vipyor. White light is vipyor, all the seven colors that we know. But when the white light falls on the rose, the rose will reflect the red color rays. So that red color is reflected from the rose and the electromagnetic radiation falls onto your eyes. When that radiation falls onto your eyes, the lens of the eyes will invert the image. The rose image is inverted and that inverted image falls onto your retina. So inside your eyes there is retina and that inverted image when it falls on the retina, the retina converts the light, please understand this, it converts the light into a neurosignal, it converts into a chemical signal. So from the retina what goes through your thalamus that is the brain is just the signal. When the signal goes to your brain, the signal from the thalamus is sent to the visual cortex in the brain. Now the visual cortex will understand, you will all analyze, then it will say it's a rose. By the way, after the retina sends the signal, the image is lost. All that exists is the signal. So what goes to your brain is the signal. So when a signal is going to the brain, who is actually seeing the rose? Who is seeing the rose? Because what goes to your brain is only the signal. Who is actually seeing the rose? But you are still seeing the rose. So that is what we need to understand. There is a very beautiful documentary called The Brain on YouTube. You please watch this. There is a person called David Eagleman, I guess. So please check out this documentary, he will explain very beautifully the concept of how the light goes into the brain in a neurosignal. Now my question is, and this is where science gets stuck. Science cannot explain what happens in the brain and who is actually the seer, the experiencer of the growth. Who is experiencing the growth? That is not explained by science. And that is where the consciousness studies are now developing. So because 
Once you see the road, it's just a chemical signal in the brain, but then there is the consciousness which actually gives you that awareness that yes, this is the road, this is an ant, this is an elephant, this is a bird. So all these different inputs are creating certain perceptions in your mind and this perception, this experience of seeing the road, the experience of pain and pleasure comes not from the brain but comes from the consciousness. It is because of the consciousness. So this is how the consciousness pervades across the body. How does it pervade? So Srila Prabhupada very beautifully explains that how that this particular consciousness pervades this body. So let's understand this consciousness through a little bit of how it actually pervades in this body. So we told, earlier I mentioned that how there is a soul within us and the soul is sitting in the heart region. The soul is sitting in the heart region. The soul from the heart region, from the heart, it actually through the pranavayu. So it is this soul is floating in five types of air. There are five types of air called prana, apana, vyana, samana, udana. If you read the purport of Srila Prabhupada, for this particular shloka, you will see this prana, apana, vyana, samana, and udana. So these five types of air within the body exist, and the soul is floating in these five types of air. And the actual energy that we get in the body is because of the soul. The soul from the heart transmits energy through this whole body, it energizes, it animates this whole body through the pranavayu that is why it is called pranavayu because it carries the life force from the soul so that is why we are able to animate move hand and everything because of this pranavayu what are the other airs doing the other air like you know you blink your eyes you yawn you yawn so all this hydraulic systems within your body are actually controlled by these five types of air so ashtanga yoga Actually, the Hatha Yoga system helps you to control these five types of air within the body and understand the soul. That is a process, a different process altogether. So that is why the heart is the sitting position, the sitting region of the soul and that is where our consciousness gets spread across the body. That's why we say, no, uh, put your heart and soul in what you're doing. It literally means not that you know taking out your physical heart and putting in something that you're doing. No, heart and soul means it is the soul which resides in the heart and emotions. Oh, you are a heartless person. Why is a heartless person? Emotions are coming from the heart because the soul resides. Satchit Ananda, soul resides in the heart. That's why we refer to heart so much. Now somebody once asked me, Prabhu, okay, you're telling the heart is in the it sits in the heart, the soul sits in the heart. So when there is a heart transplant, what does it mean? That means when you transfer, you take a heart from one body and you put it somewhere else and you another, put another heart. That means another soul is coming into my body. What do you think so? No, it is not like that. 
It is not like when there is a heart transplantation, another new soul is coming into your body, it's not like that. Heart is just like a chair. You know when you this chair is broken, you will throw this chair and another chair is what for you to sit. So similarly, the heart is just a sitting place, it's a chair for the soul. So when the heart is non-functional, when there is a heart transplant, it is just that the heart is thrown away and the new seed is given to the your own soul to sit there in the position. So not that the new soul is coming into your body. So this is how there is so much to understand about this consciousness and let's understand as we go forward, it's going to be very interesting. So in the 17th shloka, so this is what Krishna has explained, Avinashi Tadvindi, it is Avinasha, it is Avinasya. So let's go to the next word now and chant the 18th word. Vinodji, please uh, unmute yourself and uh, please repeat the uh, word. It will be really nice. Yes, Vinodji, am I audible? You are not audible, I think. You know, you are not audible. Okay. So, while the Vinoji is figuring out, Gina uh, ma'am, can you please unmute yourself? Okay, wonderful. So, let's chant the 18 words. Pantavanta imedeha. Nityasyokta sharirinah Anashino aprameyasya Tasma yudhyasva bharata Wonderful, let's do that once again Antavanta imedeha Nityasyokta sharirinah Anashino aprameyasya Tasma yudhyasva bharata Please repeat the translation Only the material body of the indestructible Immeasurable and eternal living entity is subject to destruction. Therefore, fight, O descendant of Bharata. Thank you so much. Antavanta Imedeha. So very beautifully he is saying that this material body is what actually gets destroyed. Deha gets destroyed, Antavanta. But there is Nitya Soka Sharirinaha. Sharira. Sharira means body. Sharirinaha means 
one who possesses this body is called Sharirina. And what is the Sharirina? Anashi no. He is again not descriptible. Aprameyasya. Aprameyasya means he is immeasurable. He is very, very, very minute. He is Antavanta, he is Nitya, and he is immeasurable. And that is why Arjuna, Tasma, Yudhyasva Bharata. Just fight, O oh dear Arjuna. Why you want to simply waste your time here on the battlefield? Come on, let's fight. That is what Arjuna has been instructed by Krishna very beautifully. So let's understand this verse. It's a very interesting verse again. Why Krishna is telling this to Arjuna is because in the previous verse, anyway, he mentioned that the soul is actually indestructible, is not going to be killed, is completely imperishable, <coughs> but the body is perishable. So, Krishna is telling Arjuna, my dear Arjuna, see, by fighting with these people, you will not be able to kill the soul of all these people because the soul is eternal. You will not be able to kill this soul at all. And by not fighting, if you say that, no, I don't want to fight this war, and if you simply say, you will not be able to protect their bodies because the bodies will anyway perish. So by fighting, anyway the soul is not going to get killed. And if you are thinking by not fighting, you will be alive all the time. That is also a misunderstanding because by not fighting doesn't mean the body will not perish. One day the body will perish. So just fight. Because anyway the soul is not going to get killed and the body is anyway going to die. So what is the point on simply holding on and trying to protect this body? Anyway you are not killing them. Anashino. So this is the illusion that is there in Arjuna's mind. Many times we think that everything should be in our control. Let us see our own birth. Did we have any control over our birth? No control. Did we choose, oh these are the parents that I need in my life. Oh these are the best parents that we select. No, we did not select our parents. We did not select the kind of body, the kind of uh, beauty. No, we did not select any of it. So our birth itself is completely beyond our control. What about death? Many times we may desire, you know, I should just be sleeping and in the sleep itself I should have a heart attack and I should die. Many people will say this. You must have heard many people. You know, especially the old people will tell me, Oh, bus ho gaya mujhe. Sote sote neen mein mujhe chala jana hai. Many people think like that. But not everybody gets that kind of a very peaceful death. Many of us have to go to the hospitals and spend so much money and in spite of all the you know experimentation and exercises that the doctors do still we have to die one day. So not possible, is it not? So when birth and death itself is not in our control, how Foolish that we think that life between this birth and death is under my control. Just see the illusion. Birth and death is not in my control, but life between birth and death is in my control. Actually, it is not in our control. So, there are certain things where Bhagavad Gita will really give us a clarity 
of what is in our control and what is not in our control. The moment you know that certain things are beyond your influence of uh, in the outside the circle of your influence, then you will completely become very peaceful, very very peaceful. But when we try to control our life, that is what becomes very difficult. By the way, let me tell you now, let me show you. Please tell me that if this is birth, this is birth and this is death. Okay? So this is birth and this is death and there is a straight line between them. So birth and death is the end point and in between the straight line, this wire that you see is actually life. Is actually life. Now tell me where at which point of this wire are you there? So this is birth, this is death. Chaitanya. Last year. Last year, can you tell me if this is birth and if this, this is death and if this is the straight line, where do you think that you exist? Are you sure? Okay, wonderful. So she says somewhere in the middle or maybe this is happy. What about you, Chaitanya? What do you think? You exist? No, right now, at this point of time, where do you exist? If this is birth and this is death, where are you now? Maybe in the middle. Okay, let me ask Dave. Dave, where do you stay? Where do you think that you are? Towards the starting. This is birth and oh, amazing, amazing. Vidoji, you want to say something? I hope your mind is working now. So if this is birth and if this is death, where are you? Yes, Vinodji. Fantastic, a very good answer. Thank you so much. Actually, yes Vinodji, you want to say something? Now you see, this is where many of us, many of us think, oh, I'm just 20 year old. So I'm just very close to this birth. And somebody maybe, maybe 40, 50, oh, is very close to the death. Actually, I don't know. See, right now I'm speaking, okay? I'm, right now I'm speaking. I'm, I'm very uh, uh, being practical here, trying to be practical. Just after this session, I'm supposed to go somewhere out. And I'm thinking in my mind, oh, I may live for another 30, 40 years. But who knows? Who knows? I I'm thinking right now I'm in the middle. But I may be right here at the end. Who knows? I may not see tomorrow. What is the guarantee? So we really don't know where we are. Where we are. Actually, Parikshit Maharaj, King Parikshit, he at least got to know that yes, he has seven more days to die. He was aware in the next seven days what his death is going to come and what he is wanting to do. So you see, Parikshit Maharaj had at least seven days to know that yes, he is going to die. But we have no clarity. We have no understanding of when our death is going to come and hit us. And still I am thinking, oh, I am going to live for next 30, 40 years. And I am planning so much. I will do this, I will do that, I am going to do this, I am going to do that. We really have no clue when that will come. 
we don't know it is one day whether it is one week or one month we have no clue actually so this is a reason and that's exactly when yaksha in mahabharata asked yudhishthira what is the most fascinating and the most wonderful thing ashcharya what is the most astonishing thing that you have seen in this world and yudhishthira said to yaksha one of the yaksha prashna ಹಿಂಗ್ಯ So this is the most astonishing thing in this world that I have ever seen is what you see that is. So that is why we need to understand this is a very very crucial thing that we need to understand about life. So we have an expiry date just like everything comes with an expiry date when you purchase something from the store. So this body also comes with an expiry date as soon as we are born. When is our expiry date we don't know. it is so unfortunate you buy something from the store you know oh this milk is expired it's going to expire this my okay this cookies will expire then this juice will expire but i have no idea as to about my own expiry date so we need to be very very cautious every moment that's why we acharyas are telling don't waste time be spiritual every single day in fact every single moment we need to be spiritually and conscious about the supreme lord because we don't know when our death is going to come to us am i scaring all of you are talking about death <laughs> don't get scared because this knowledge is going to take out all the fear of death when you know who you are that's exactly what krishna is telling us antavanta you are not going to you are nitya you are not going to die please understand that you know and then aprameyasya aprameyasya means it is immeasurable so what is the size of the soul i mean you are telling it's immeasurable immeasurable means there is no dimension to the soul no actually there is dimension to the soul the soul definitely has a very nice dimension just like the physical body has a dimension the soul also has a dimension and that dimension is very nicely explained in the shrimad bhagavatam it says that keshavra shatabhagatya shatamcha tatshatmakah jeeva shukshma swarupo yam sankhyatito vichitkanah so what is the size of the soul you take keshagra akramin and tip you take the hair of your body and when you take the hair of the body you take the tip of the hair and when you take the tip of the hair you cut that tip of the hair into 100 pieces shatakra so you cut the tip of the hair into 100 pieces and then you take one piece from that 100 pieces and again cut that small piece into 100 pieces then you take one part then that is the size of the soul the size of the soul is 1 by 10000 
of the tip of the hair. That is the size of the soul. It is spiritual spark, a small spark, a very atomic spark, which is so small within you, energizing your body, energizing all of us. That's so small spark. And the very same spark is energizing the big elephant and the dinosaurs also, if at all it was existing. Even that big dinosaur and elephant and giraffe is actually activated and animated by that small spiritual spark. So, it is called precisely imprecise. <laughs> Why I am saying? Because how much is the size of the tip of the hair? It may be this much, it may be this much, it may be this much, we don't know. The tip of the hair. But Shastra says the tip of the hair. It is just to indicate that it is very small and no electronic microscope can actually detect the soul because the microscope is matter and the soul is spiritual. So matter cannot detect, detect spiritual things. So it is so minute, it is so wonderful. Just see how wonderful and beautiful you are. As a soul, you are radiating so much of energy and so much of power and energy within you. See what kind of an amazing energy that you have. You are so beautiful. You are so powerful. Amazing, isn't it? So, this is the nature of the soul. You are not going to die at all. Krishna is saying this very beautifully that how the size of the whole soul is a tip of the hair. So, Lasya, unmute yourself and let's chant the next words, the 19th words, and I'm going to take all your questions at the end. So, please unmute yourself and uh, please repeat the shloka. Shloka number 19. Yayenam Vyakti Hantaram Yashchainam Manyatehatam Let's do that once again. Jayenam Vyakti Hantaram Yashchainam Manyatehatam Wonderful. Please repeat the translation. He who thinks that the living entity is the slayer or that he is slain does not understand. One who is in knowledge knows that the self slays not nor is slain. Thank you so much. So now this is another very interesting and a very beautiful shloka. So Krishna is saying, Ya enam vetti hantaram Yes, chainam manyate hatam Ubhautau na vijayato nayam 
hanti na hanyate the soul is neither hanti is not a slayer na hanyate is not a slayer slave cannot be slain is not a killer and also the soul is not killed is what krishna says what an amazing way of explaining you see krishna is telling that you will never be destroyed the soul is never destroyed actually this word is an amazing fantastic perfect shloka for a terrorist for terrorist this shloka will give lot of joy because they will say yes i am going to go and kill everybody on the planet because anyway the soul is not going to die so let me go and kill everyone is it not so they will say see bhagavad gita is telling the soul is anyway not going to die so i let me go and take my gun and bomb and everything and destroy everybody so is that what uh, krishna is saying here so this word is not a license for you or anybody to become a terrorist so we are not supposed to become terrorists now by using this shloka because any is all is not going to die let me go and kill anyone so that is not understanding here we should understand that how everything is governed by certain rules see you are staying in an apartment and you are supposed to suppose somebody is supposed supposed to live in an apartment for 5 years legally that is the contract and especially uh, in mumbai and maharashtra they will not give you unless you sign the contract and the house agreement it is unlike bangalore you know you have to have an agreement so you see now there is an agreement you are legally supposed to stay in a house for 5 years but there will be some terrorists or some gundas who will enter your home and then they will forcibly take over your home and they will throw you out now that is criminal because you were supposed to live there for 5 years legally similarly this body is given to each soul each one of us for a certain duration of time by prakriti so the prakriti has given this body to live in this body for a certain period of time but if i go and forcibly try to destroy this particular body then that is criminal that is not right so just like it is criminal by the state laws to capture somebody's house similarly it is criminal as per the laws of nature to kill somebody's body without their consent and permission it is not a good thing to do you see this is incorrect we should not do that nobody has the right to kill anyone because i have not given life to that person we have not given life to anyone when i have not given life to someone how can i take their life i don't have the right to take somebody's life because i have not given life does that mean that parents they are giving life to their children they can take the life of their children no even parents do not have the right to take somebody's life their own children's life why because the parents are not the one who actually formed the body do we really form the body no what we do is only the physical act the man impregnates the woman by transferring the semen from him to her that's all but beyond that 
we even parents do not have control over how the body forms in the womb of a mother you see the whole not that sitting the husband and wife are thinking the couple is thinking oh i think we should have a child with four eyes no no let me not have a child with four eyes let me have a child with uh, maybe six eyes do we think like that oh our child should have two mouths one for drinking one for eating does the couple sit and think like that no we have no control we have not designed the body we have not controlled the body so we have no right to take life that is why abortion is a simple act never 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 abortion should be done because the soul has already entered the mother's womb and aborting the child is a heinous act it is as good as murder so we should not do that and that is why when trump was also fighting his election in 2016 he was pro life one of his argument one of his main point was he was pro life but whereas the uh, the democrats they were saying pro choice the choice should be given to the mother no it's not like that she can kill and she can abort no so that is not our very culture also so abortion is definitely not uh, recommended So nahanyate, it's I am hanti nahanyate. The soul is never going to be killed. It's not going to die. When there were hundreds of arrows which were piercing the body of Bhishma Pitamaha, none of those arrows actually touched the soul. It never touched the soul of Bhishma. So the soul cannot be killed. What a great relief! So please understand that you are not going to die. you are not going to die just imagine what a wonderful thing is you are not going to die but just understand that because you are not going to die perform good actions so that you get good reaction so this is the meaning of this shloka so let's go and dive into the next shloka now and that is the 20th shloka chaitanya please unmute yourself and chant this shloka न जायते प्रियते वाकदाचिन्जो निश्वतराणो नन्यते हन्यमे शरीर Let's do this once again. Na jayate mriyate vakadachin, na yam bhutva bhavita vanahuya, ajo nitya shashvato yam purano, na hanyate hanyamane sharire. Please repeat the transmission. For the soul, there is never birth nor death, nor having once been, does he ever cease to be. He is unborn, 
eternal, ever existing, undying, and primeval. He is not slain when the body is slain. Thank you so much. So this is another very important and interesting shloka word and all the shlokas that we have discussed today, uh, if you can memorize them, it will be really nice, very good to memorize these shlokas also because they have a wonderful uh, meaning. So please try to memorize these words and it will be great. So let's understand this verse number 20. It's very interesting. So here, na gaya na So Krishna is using a very nice technique of naiti. Naiti, naiti, naiti. It is the technique of negation which is very prominently used in Upanishads also. So this is the Upanishadic technique of conveying the understanding of a particular object by telling how it is not this, how it is not that, how it is not this also. For example, see now, I have a basin laddu and I will ask you that what are the different types of sweets that you have tasted. Then you will say I have tasted gajar ka halwa, I have tasted nice payasam, I have nicely tasted uh, puran poli, you must have made for Ganesh so puran poli is there. So now, when I want to explain basin laddu, then I will say that basin laddu is not soft like puran poli. This basin laddu is not liquidy like the paisam. It is not very very soft or highly sweet like the uh, gajar ka halwa, the texture of the gajar ka halwa. So what I am trying to say here is, the basin laddu is not gajar halwa, the basin laddu is not the puran poli, not the paisam. You see, I am trying to explain basin laddu by saying how it is not that, it is not that, it is not that. So here, Krishna is also telling Arjuna that this soul within you is Nagayate. It does not take birth. What takes birth is this body. Namriyate. The soul does not die. Why? I have an experience of that there is something that will die and that is the body. So this is how Krishna is explaining that soul is different from the body. This soul does not have any characteristics of the body like Najayate, uh, Namriyate, like the birth and death. So this is how the soul is steady. The soul is Kutastha. Kutastha means it is steady always. This is very scientific and very important to understand. This soul is steady, but the body, our body, is constantly changing. This body has or undergoes six transformations. This body undergoes six transformations. What are the six transformations? 
birth, then growth, maintenance, reproduction, deterioration, that means it dwindles, and then finally death. So from birth to death, this body undergoes six transformations. Birth, growth, maintenance, reproduction, dwindles, deteriorates, and death. It finally gets destroyed. Now you may say, Prabhuji, you are saying that, oh, you know, there is uh, creation and there is destruction. But is that not happening with the uh, matter also? Matter is also created and uh, matter is also destroyed one day. And matter slowly deteriorates and it, it gets destroyed one day. Is that not happening with the matter? Yes, it is also happening with the matter. You see, we should understand this very important point. This is matter. I am holding a hard disk in my hand and this is matter. This matter is created and over a period of time this matter will dwindle, it will become weak one day and then one day it will get destroyed. I will be, I will not be able to use this hard disk. But there are three things which this matter cannot do but I can do. Growth, maintenance and reproduction. You take any matter. See right now you are sitting on a chair. The chair that you are sitting on will not grow. Will it grow like you are sitting right now? Dev Chandran is sitting on the chair and suddenly after the class he is at a level of 4 feet but after the class he will immediately be at 5 feet. Will that happen? No, the chair is going to be the same. The chair is not going to grow. So growth is not is there, is not there in the chair. The growth is not there. What about maintenance? The chair cannot maintain itself. The chair has to be wiped every day by us. It has to be cleaned properly by us. So the chair cannot maintain itself. But you see this body, our body, it is growing and every day we maintain it. Right? Now, tonight when you go to bed and morning when you wake up, do you think the chair that you are sitting now will reproduce another chair? No, it will not reproduce another chair. Not possible. So, growth, maintenance and reproduction is not possible in any of the matter. You take chair, you take a pen, you take your bag, you take your clothes, you take a house, you take anything, it will not have these three things. It is not that today you have a two bedroom home and night you sleep, early morning when you wake up, that your two bedroom home has automatically become into three bedroom, it has grown into three bedroom home. Will that happen? No. Matter cannot grow itself. Matter cannot maintain itself. Your home has to be maintained by you. You just keep it for six months, you will see so many things will happen. Dust and stones of dirt and cobwebs and everything will come. You have to maintain it regularly. So it cannot maintain itself. Neither it will reproduce. So please understand the difference between matter and spirit is this reason. You tell, oh, I am also, anything is spiritual, anything, no, nothing, matter is not spiritual because it does not have these three characteristics. It does not have growth, maintenance and reproduction. 
this is the difference. My body, because the soul is there, it can reproduce, it can maintain itself and it can grow. That's why we are able to grow. So this difference should be known to you between matter and spirit. So whenever you are explaining the difference between matter and spirit to your spouse, your friend or anyone, you can use this analogy, difference between matter and spirit and this really can be mentioned very very much. Okay, so then let's understand, so this is not there at the same time, na jayate so in our experience, anything that takes birth has a death. Anything that is created that gets destroyed. So our experience until now is anything that create is created will get destroyed. That's why I think or we think that oh I have taken birth, I am going to die. But here Krishna is saying, you have not taken birth. So when something has not taken birth, a joe, a joe means it's not taken birth, it's not going to die. Because when there is birth, there is death. But you have not taken birth only, then there is no death. That is wonderful. And another Nitya, Krishna is saying here, Ajo Nitya, Nitya Shashwata. The effect of time, this is another very interesting point. Time has effect only on the body. Because time is acting on this matter, this body, it is transforming, it is constantly changing. Time has no effect on the soul, because the soul is eternal. Please understand this. Past, present and future is only to this body. Past, present and future is not for the soul. Because the soul is eternal. The soul is eternal. So time has no effect on the soul. Gravity has no effect on the soul. But gravity has effect on the body. Similarly, time has effect only on the body and not the soul. So what an amazing thing. You are eternal. Time cannot affect you at all. Kala, time has no effect on the soul. But still I am experiencing that because I am identifying with this body. The moment you disidentify with this body, then there is no effect of time on you. You will not experience past, present, future. That is so wonderful. You are eternal. So, and the soul has no byproduct. This body can produce byproducts, but the soul cannot produce any byproduct. The only symptom of the soul is consciousness, ketana. Other than that, there is nothing else that soul can do. So, so beautiful, Krishna is explaining all this, that how now, right now, the soul is covered. Just like the sun. You see the sun. Sometimes it is covered by the clouds. You are unable to see. But because there is sunshine early morning, you know, Sunshine is there, sun should be there. So right now, although I am unable to see the soul, but consciousness is there. I am able to move, I am able to eat, I am able to perceive, I am able to experience. So all this is what? Ah, I have a soul within me. This is how it is understood. Just like the sun sometimes gets covered by the clouds, our soul is covered by this body. And we are unable to see the see the soul within us. 
So wonderful, I see there are some questions coming and I am going to take the questions very soon after this particular shloka. So let's see, this is a very nice and interesting thing. So, I want to end this uh, discussion today with this last point. Upanishad is very beautifully explaining that how within this body we should not think that there is only soul but there is super soul also, Paramatma. Very nice analogy or very, very nice metaphorical uh, way of explaining the Jivatma and the Paramatma. It is said in the Kata Upanishad it says Anor Aniyan Mahato Mahiyan Atmasya Jantur Mihato Puhayan Tam Akrutuhu Pashyanti Vita Shokao Dhatu Prasada Mahiman Atmanaha So it is said very nicely that there is a tree and in this tree there are two birds. The two birds are sitting on a branch of a tree and one bird is busy eating the bitter and the sour sweet fruit of the tree and the other bird is simply watching and witnessing the activities of the other bird. Very nicely it is said that this body is like a tree and on this tree, on the branch of this tree in the heart, the two birds are sitting, Jivatma and Paramatma. The Jivatma is constantly busy eating the bitter and sour, the sweet and bitter and sour fruits of this life, this body, the pain and pleasure, Sukha and Dukha and the Paramatma is just witnessing the activities of this particular So, this Jivatma. So, although I wanted to cover the next sloka, so uh, let me probably take it for the next session and let me take some questions now because I see that there are no questions, let me see if the questions are, okay, let me go one by one. <coughs> so very first, so we have covered the 20th sloka today. So next week we will cover the 21st look. So Chaitanya is a Hare Krishna Prabhu. Okay, break badly. Chaitanya is asking then what are the positive and negative energies and how it affects our consciousness? Is our soul consciousness so fragile? So what happens is the consciousness is never fragile because the soul is not fragile. The consciousness is always there. But what happens is, since we are so much exposed to negative thoughts, so many times this positivity and negativity is mostly at the level of mind. Mind and consciousness is different because mind is a material product. Mind is not consciousness, but this mind, because it is taking all the positive and negative effects, the inputs from the senses, this positive and negative inputs from the mind are constantly monitored and analyzed by the consciousness. Now, because the consciousness is constantly getting this kind of negative thoughts from the mind or positive thoughts from the mind that is how 
the consciousness gets affected the consciousness of the person gets affected so that is why when you associate with negative things the mind is affecting you the mind is affecting the consciousness in the sense because the consciousness is actually interacting with the mind the consciousness is interacting with the mind and because it is constantly interacting with the positive mind or the negative mind the consciousness will get affected so that is how although the consciousness is pure but in the association with the mind it becomes impure so when you chant the hare krishna mahamantra when you do spiritual practices sadhana so your mind will get purified spiritualized and slowly your consciousness will become purified right now we are bodily conscious we are only thinking of the body how to eat how to sleep how to make but when you purify your mind you will purify your consciousness so we have to move from bodily consciousness to krishna consciousness that is possible by spiritual process hope that answers your question vinod ji saying no one can say yes of course correct that was the question that i asked so achyutan ji asking have heard about some great souls who knew and prepared for their time of death they knew their time to leave this world how was that prabhu yes exactly like bhishma pitamaha so bhishma he had ichha mrityu he had complete control over his death because that was one of the blessings that he got from his own father chandanu so there are devotees especially great devotees who are self realized they do not identify with the body at all and then they start controlling their body they know when to leave this body they are com- completely having that power to con- when to leave this body like in our case of prabhupada also although he showed and appeared as if he died in a natural way but he had complete control over when he wanted to leave this world there is a very beautiful pastime i explained to you sometime so when you become self realized you can leave the body any time you want the yogis the great yogis they have this power because they know anyway now i am enjoying so much in serving the lord at a spiritual platform then why should i simply hold on to this material body let me give it up okay i will give this up maybe tomorrow or to mukti after tomorrow they can decide because they are completely disconnected but we are not disconnected because right now we are under the control of the three gunas three modes sattva guna rajo guna and tamo guna every action that we are performing is actually influenced by these three gunas sattva rajo and tamo we will understand this in the 15th chapter of the bhagavad gita that when you become free from these three gunas then you can have control over your death you can decide when you want to leave your body so that is very much possible for a self realized soul so you can decide when you want to go so that is why bhishma also was waiting till uttarayana begins and only when uttarayana began that is when he left this body on the day of chandrayana so achyutan ji one more question is do free souls exist unattached to the body exactly there are many many pishashi they call it a ghost so ghost there are many many ghostly beings 
who exist without the physical body they live only in the subtle body sukshma sharira this is stool sharira stool sharira means this is made up of five elements but there are ghosts that's why some people get uh, haunted by ghosts why who becomes the ghost when somebody commits a suicide he becomes a ghost yes when somebody commits a suicide he becomes a ghost so especially we have some nice uh, students here lasya and dev you should understand never in your life because of some crazy examination pressure or some other pressure nobody should commit suicide because the nature has given you this body for 6 years but you get crazy at some pity pity problem and you commit suicide then what will happen you committed suicide at 30 years so balance 30 years you have to live like a ghost because you destroyed your physical body the balance 30 years you will become a ghost and that is another big problem you committed suicide because you wanted to get rid of a problem but when you become a ghost it will create another bunch of big problems because now if you want to satisfy desires you have this body you want to eat gulab jamun you will nicely go and take gulab jamun and say ah it is nice so nice but if you become a ghost and you have a desire because mind and buddhi is still there you want to eat a gulab jamun you do, you cannot eat because the physical body is not there now if you want to eat a gulab jamun then the ghost will enter into somebody's body then it will enter into their body and then they will say oh i don't have to eat i am not getting desire to eat gulab jamun but somebody is forcing me to eat gulab jamun because the ghost has it anyway they you are getting any kind of ghost is not entering into your body don't worry so i'm just saying this is how we should not commit suicide and only when you become commit suicide you will become a ghost ghostly so you will not have a physical body but you will have a sukshma sharira the mind intelligence and ahamkara body will be there the soul will be there so that is what is called ghost ghost is nothing but spirit soul plus subtle body minus the gross body soul plus subtle body minus the gross body is the ghost that is what it is the definition of the ghost so chaitanya is asking uh, how does the soul enters the unborn child who is in the mother's womb how does the soul enters the unborn child who is in the mother's womb so at the point of conception when the man impregnates the mother the soul is carried by the semen that is what the shastra say that see the souls who are supposed to take birth they will come in the form of rain so when there is rain now it rains when when it rains lot of souls will come through the rain and it will get absorbed by the plants and plants will convert that into the food grain so the soul will enter into the food grain and that food grain is eaten by us so when you eat the food so that food is digested and the soul will take the shelter of the semen of the man the semen is nothing but a carrier it's a vehicle for the soul to be transmitted into the mother's womb so when the semen is enter enters the mother's womb 
then the formation of the physical body continues from there. So that is how the soul enters within the semen of the man and then enters the because the baby will not get formed if there is no soul. Please understand this. The development of the body in the mother womb is possible only if the soul is there. Only if the soul is there. If there is no soul, no development will happen. No development will happen. So this is a very interesting and important thing that we should know. So this is how the uh, soul takes the physical form. So Hina Madhan is asking, hence this suicide also against nature. So absolutely, we should know this, suicide is completely against nature's law. The gift that is given to you, this physical body by the nature, by God, and if you destroy this gift, is not good. So this is the gift, we should not destroy this. Many problems will come, we should be able to handle the problems. That is what Krishna Arjuna also was telling, I will better go and commit suicide, I don't want to fight. Krishna is telling, don't worry, for every problem, material problem, there is a spiritual solution. So if you nicely associate with devotees, like this when you start interacting and understand the spiritual topic, then what happens is, you will get that spiritual bala. That bala is so powerful, it will destroy all the misconceptions and no suicide, no person can come into play. That is what is missing, unfortunately. Many, many youngsters in Bangalore, Bangalore is called the suicide capital of India. Do we know that? So when last year one college boy, he did not get the hall ticket, he went and committed suicide. Something happened in the college or something, somebody teased him in the hospital, he went and committed suicide. Silly and petty reasons, people go and commit suicide. So suicide is not the solution for the problems of our life. Knowledge is. If you can have knowledge, proper understanding, good knowledge, spiritual knowledge, it will solve all the problems. So be confident. So never commit suicide is the greatest sin. It's the greatest sin. Very, very dangerous. And who wants to become a ghost and trouble others? <laughs> so don't become a ghost and trouble others. So that is not good. So another question is coming here, very interesting. Uh, let's see. So Achyutan is asking his soul and one's behavior related. What is the relationship? Okay. The soul and one's behavior. Right now our behavior is at the mind level. Whatever we behave, we behave in a certain way, we become angry, we become very compassionate. Most of the time, it is because we are identifying with the mind, because mind generates emotions. And emotions drive our behavior. Our behavior at different stages of life is driven by different koshas. When we are small babies, our behavior is driven by Annamaya Kocha. When we are small babies, everything in the world is potentially food. You see the baby, it will take the mobile and put it in the mouth. It will put, take the fruit and put it in the mouth. You give anything to the baby, it will put it in the mouth. Why Annamaya Kocha? So the behavior is driven by Annamaya Kocha. 
as the baby grows it will become manomaya kosha manomaya means very touchy feeling that's why when uh, the children grow uh, in the age of uh, 5 to 12 years they are all manomaya kosha you take the smaller sibling and you tell appreciate the smaller sibling the elder sibling will say the elder child will say oh you love only that my sister and you don't love me only they very touchy feely very touchy feely you tell them why manomaya kosha their behavior is driven by mental emotion and then after 12 years 13 years like last year and they most of them are now in the teenage they are driven by intellectual kosha that is gyanamaya kosha gyanamaya everything they want to understand logically if i simply tell them soul exists god exists they will not understand and they will say oh you are lying you explain me scientifically logically that one we have to understand many parents are unable to explain logically all this wonderful spiritual concept that's why the teenagers are getting disconnected from our culture because they don't have a proper education parents should not have proper education and they are not able to convey that to the teenagers because teenagers are gyanamaya they are telling no you explain me logically then only i will accept i have not accepted otherwise so the, our behavior is driven by gyanamaya then slowly gradually we will come to the level of uh anandamaya and the principle we are driven by principles our actions and behaviors are driven by principles and then finally anandamaya that anandamaya behavior comes when we are spiritually realized when we start acting as per the instructions of the bhagavad gita as per the instructions of an acharya then your behavior is driven spiritually not by the mind so our behavior depends on what we identify with so when we are discussing bhagavad gita bhagavad gita is not simply to gain knowledge after gaining this knowledge you see how can i implement this knowledge in my practical life then that will drive your behavior my actions and my behavior is driven today because i am reading bhagavad gita and bhagavatam completely same with seven head i have a spiritual antenna on my head <laughs> all this is how because my behavior changed this was not 20, 15 years ago i was completely oh rock and roll and jeans and oh all these kind of things crazy stuff but now my behavior is changed because bhagavad gita has changed my life so bhagavad gita is not simply for understanding but also implementing so your behavior will uh, be driven by the knowledge that you acquire and gradually you will start acting at a spiritual level hope that answers your question and uh, this is very interesting i really love this q and a session because this is what i want because asking questions is a sign of intelligence i always tell that this is amazing because i really enjoy more than i keep on speaking it's very nice when i actually get questions like this wonderful so let me see Chaitanya is asking how deeply the soul is attached to the body. Now, the shukshma. See, there is a soul sharira, there is a mental sharira. So, depending on your identification with the body, or your identifying with the mind, or your identifying with the intelligence, identifying with the false ego, that much attachment. the degree of attachment varies body is growth little better than body is mind 
little better than mind is intelligence little better than intelligence is the false ego ahankara so as you go higher and higher and higher with your identification the lower and lower and lower you get attached to the body and the subtle body so the lesser that the higher your consciousness the lesser the attachment that you have to this body so again that comes by sadhana by sadhana you will start identifying like that so chetan is asking does soul has memory there definitely soul has memory soul is having memory so that is why also your body has changed you remember something that you have done 10 years 20 years ago in your childhood you still remember why you remember because the soul is there and the soul is giving you that memory oh i was like that i i did this activity i did that activity i jumped from one wall all those memories are there because the soul is there body does not have memory so vinod ji is asking what happens to the soul after that very interesting so the soul at the point of death is actually there is a huge process but in brief i will tell you after death the soul is given another body how it is given another body is a huge process we will definitely touch upon that sometime so after death right now krishna says in the bhagavad gita 8 chapter yam yam vaapi smaran bhavam tejati ante kalevaram at the point of that whatever you are thinking you will become that in the next life your state of consciousness at the point of that decides your next birth if you are thinking at the point of that about your pet dog very dangerous in the next life we will become the dog if at the point of that a husband is thinking of the wife of a woman then he will become a woman in the next life a woman is thinking of a man at the point of that he will become a she will become a man in the next life just like bharat maharaj bharat maharaj we call we are called bharat varsha bharat bharat because this bharat maharaj great king left everything whole kingdom went to the forest doing nice meditation suddenly he sees that there is a there is a deer which is pregnant and hears the sound of a tiger and it's pregnant in the river while out of fear it gives birth to the fawn the small baby and it dies bharat maharaj saw oh my god this fawn is now not having any shelter i should give the shelter to this small deer the fawn and then he started taking care of the fawn and at the point of that one day he was thinking about the fawn did not come back to my ashram did not come back to my ashram and then finally he fell from the mountain and then while dying he saw this small fawn and at the point of that he thought about this fawn and in the next life he became a deer he became a deer in the next life so whatever you think at the point of that you become that in the next life now how all that happens very beautifully it happens when you die the human software that is installed in your body will get uninstalled and the prakriti the nature will give you the next oh you want to become a dog so the dog software is installed in the subconscious the subtle body and that software of a, a dog is carried by the semen of a dog and the dog will impregnate the female dog and then a 
the soul will take birth with the consciousness of a new software of a dog and start barking. A dog will never speak like human beings. Although you were a human being in the previous life, but in the next life, because the software is changed now, you will start speaking like a dog. You will start barking. This is how it is. This is how there is a lot of details. Lot of details we will definitely touch upon it. What happens after this? Very beautiful science. So, Prabhuji, uh, if even rain comes through evaporated water from land, so can we think of the soul lives everywhere? Soul is everywhere. Absolutely, many many souls. You see, sometimes in the Taj Mahal, also our big structure, everything is so fit and fine, but in the corner, everything is marble. But still, out of the marble, there will one plant will be coming up. Somewhere from one corner, one plant will be coming. Why? Because soul is there. Soul is existing everywhere. Big building, everything is furnished nicely, but somewhere something will start growing because of the soul. The soul can be present anywhere, it can come anywhere, in any form. So, Vinod Ji is asking to achieve moksha, what should one think of at the point of that? That is the beauty. You have asked a very wonderful question, and this very same question was asked by Parikshit Maharaj to Shukadev Goswami. I am going to die in seven days, what should a dying person do? And now for moksha, the very simple way for Kali Yuga is Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Iva Kevadam, Kalav Nasteva, 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 Gatir Hanyataha. So in this Kali Yuga, if you chant the holy names of Krishna, you will see, you will get transformed from body consciousness to spiritual consciousness, and that spiritual consciousness will liberate you from this body. What to speak after death? When you become spiritually realized, when you know that you are spirit soul, this very lifetime, very in this very lifetime, you will be liberated. You will be having an experience of liberation even with this body. That is the power of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So please, Start chanting this Hare Krishna Mahamantra every day at least 15 minutes and I will share an audio link. You can take the help of this audio link and start chanting and start meditating out of 24 hours. All that I am asking is half an hour. 15 minutes chanting Hare Krishna Mantra, 15 minutes reading Bhagavad Gita. Minimum. In 24 hours, please spend half an hour for yourself. We are spending so much time eating, sleeping and giving all the nourishment to the body. Please give at least half an hour to nourish this soul, your own soul. And moksha will be there. You will experience moksha right here while living in this body of Vinodji or Dinaji or Ajitanji or Lasya or Dev. You will experience liberation right here. That is possible. So, it is not theoretical, it is very much practical, spiritual life can be experienced, it is experiential knowledge. So, that's it for today and uh, we have discussed uh, nicely all the different aspects of this and please share about this session to others and start speaking about it, may more people come and join. I am going to share the recorded session, last two recordings. We had some problems, some technical problems, that's why I could not share the links of the previous sessions. Uh, but I have another way of doing it, I will send it to you. And uh, invite more people so that they also get benefit from this knowledge. And on 26th, that is uh, this coming 26th Thursday, 
uh, the final day of uh, some people keep uh, Chaturthi Ganesha uh, five days. So on 26, there is Radha Shmi. Radha is none other than Hare Krishna. Hare refers to Radha Rani. And Radha is very, very prominent if you want to advance in spiritual life. Without the mercy of Radha, you cannot get Krishna. So please uh, attend the beautiful program on Radha Sri. I'm going to share the link. There will be a live session. Uh, and please chant the Hare Krishna Mantra on that day also. Because pray to Radha Rani. Because Radha Rani is the greatest devotee of Krishna. And Krishna in turn is the greatest devotee of Radha. So if you want to get mercy of Krishna, then you have to please Radha. Without Radha, you cannot understand Krishna. So, so please uh, have a nice time on 26th attending the Radha Sri online. And I will see you again next Sunday at the same time and same day. So I had a wonderful time and I hope uh, you have also had a wonderful time listening to this session. And we will get back again next Sunday.